Uh, last time, which was two weeks ago, uh, we finished off the section before the, the next Mishnah, and we spent some time on what happens if you forget, you remember the halacha of Ritzay and Halanisim, etc. Um, if there are people who weren't here last week, see me after class two weeks ago. If you didn't get these things, I have some extra copies. Okay? But I'm not, we're not going to return to it. Um, so we did some halacha last time, and we finished, or are ready to move forward with the Mishnah, which is Memtet Amud Bet 49b, and the Mishnah begins Ketzad Mizamnin. Ketzad Mizamnin. What? A Memtet Amud Bet. Matayim Shushrasri. Sandy? Yes. Three sixty. I'm off that. I'm just trying to help you. Everybody have it? Okay, so what we're gonna deal with now is how do you lead Birkatamazon again? We're back to Zimun. Okay, we're back to the person leading. And the question will be, is there a difference when you get to numbers? We've had this a little bit already. Three, ten, a hundred, thousand, ten thousand. I don't know what 10,000 was having a meal together in those days might have been. You couldn't hear a thing no matter what without microphones, but whatever. Uh, and do, is, does the formula remain the same, or does the formula change? Okay, that's going to be the question of the Mishnah. It will, by the end of the Mishnah, also relate to a normal sense of synagogue practice as well. So what we're going to deal with in this case is a sense of knowing how you do the zimun, rabotain varech, etc. Is there a difference in terms of numbers? And then the Gemara um, itself will go on to uh, to talk a little bit about liturgical forms, what's appropriate to be said, what isn't appropriately to be said, why it's not appropriate to said. Uh, in terms of not only Birkat Amazon, in particular Birkat Amazon, but the liturgy of the prayers as well. Okay? Everybody got the place? Who would like to take it today? Michael? Okay. I'll be your Makri. Yeah, the first part should be pretty, is, is Hebrew, so not Aramaic yet. No, comma. Okay, so Ketzad Mizamnin. How do you say lead Birkat Hamazon? Okay, the Zimun. Bishlosha. Once you have three, you say Nevarech Elokeinu Shachalnu Mishalo. Nevarech Shachalnu Mishalo. Bishlosha Vahu. You already have three. He now leads them. Okay, he says Barhu. Shachal Mishlo, and they say Nivarech. Okay, so because they have three, the three say what we normally say, mm-hmm. but the who, meaning the leader, says, "Let us bless," and they say, "We bless." It's exactly it's that, but it's also like Barhu the Shachri. Okay, so it's the, it, the essence there being he's the leader, and he's now leading them, and they respond. It doesn't say in here that you say Rabbi Tainavarev, it just says the Barif. Because Rabbi Tainavarev, it's all Rabbi Tainavarev belching and is, you know, benching is, is the, doesn't really matter. It's Nevarev Shachal Mishalo is the key. That's how you change the first word. 
Mm-hmm. That's why we sometimes change the first word. Right, but you don't change the other parts. Right. Okay? Correct. Now once you get to 10, Okay, so once you get to 10, we now know you say right? When you have 10 plus 1, he says Baruchu, and everybody responds Okay, so that's the concept of the person leading the Zimun. Rebo. It doesn't matter if it's one and ten or one and ten thousand. Okay? Now, however, we're now going to change that. Does the who the who means the barhu leads and doesn't matter with a number once you get to a certain number. But on the other hand, what eventually happens is now we're going to change some of the language. No, that's just pass that along. Just mark here that you're here and just pass it to the next person. Okay? That's all. Mark that everything's all the information is correct. For the Maya, who Omer the Barech Hashem Alakinu, the Maya, the who Omer Baruchu. Okay. Bimeya. Once you have ten, a hundred, you say Nivarech Hashem Alokenu. Okay. Not Nivarech Alokenu, but Nivarech Hashem Alokenu. Mehavahu. He says. Now again, with this. How much? How many? What is LF? A thousand. You notice each case that once you get to a certain number, three, ten, a hundred, a thousand, in each case we're making the language a little bit more extensive, right? More expansive, more descriptive. Okay, so we're now at Nevarech Lashem Elokeinu Elokei Yisrael. Barhu. Again, if the concept is the same, right? If you have the who, the extra person, he leads. You have a thousand and one, a thousand and two, a thousand and three, whatever the case may be. Biribo, what's ribo? Ten thousand. Hika Shaul, the Alafav, the David, the Rivavotav. You know the dance, that's how you know it. Right? Okay, so there we go. Now, again, I can't envision a time when they would have 10,000 people doing Brikatamazon together. Sutmer wedding. Sutmer wedding, but no microphones, no nothing, right? right. The two Hasidic dynasties coming together. You'll get out of that many. So. Okay, so I'll give it to I want to give it to Brad. Um, so, so under under those kind of conditions, they're at least setting up the patterns: three, ten, a hundred, a thousand, now ten thousand. Now they would not have done this at the Beit Hamikdash because they wouldn't be doing. No, it's not the same. Right, sorry. They wouldn't have ten thousand in that same realm anyhow. Ten thousand is just, it means a lot of people. I mean, basically, once you hit over a thousand, you know, 
it's the more, more people than you can see. Let's put it that way. You know, try to estimate crowds. I won't go there today. <laughs> I won't go there today. <laughs> but, you know, the largest crowd that you can ever imagine. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay. It's a done. No, we're done. Okay. I'll take it back. So, in the same way as he ble- does the blessing, you respond. So, for instance, if you do it today, if we say, what do you respond? When do you see it more than anything else? When you, you see it in the, um, the blessings out of the Sheva Brachot. There's a special Nevarech for the Sheva Brachot. Okay? Where he had Devaicha Sever, Gamharon, etc. So, it's a little bit different here. But here it says, in the same way as he responds, or says it, they respond in kind, in terms of the numbers. So, therefore, once you get to them, you got, they got to remember that, okay? Once you get to the 10,000 plus, that's what they're supposed to say. can't, can't imagine that they would know that, because the situation wouldn't happen. Okay, so, in other words, what, what's Rabbi going According to the size of the population, that's how you bless. He's backing up what it says. You have three, it's this, 100 here, 10 here, 100, 10,000. How do I know? Okay, mimakor yourself. The makelot. What is makelot? Choirs, plural, right? In other words, numbers in greatness. Okay, the rovam am hadrad melech. The more people that you can have to to bless God and to be at a specific occasion, the better. The makelot. In many crowds, in many choirs, etc. So it's better to be able to do with a larger crowd than with a smaller crowd, and therefore we add words, we make it more extens- extensive, more expansive, according to Rabbi Yosef Lili. Rabbi Akiva says, though, Rabbi Akiva now disagrees. Okay, Rabbi Akiva says, I don't care how many people you have there. Once you have the required name, all you say is, Baruch Et Hashem. You don't add words for because there's now, let's have to see how many people are here for Shachrit at this point. Okay, or Torah reading, or whatever the case may be, when you say that, you now basically, once you have the minimum requirement, the language is always the same. Because your minimum is set, and you don't have to worry whether the minimum clearly is 10 in this case, because of the Varshav Gdushav or the Barhu. Once you have those 10 present, that's good enough. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shmuel Omer. Okay, okay, so and actually, what do we do? Both. Right? Okay, so we actually do both. So, what's the issue? The issue is when you recite the Zimun, you, take it, you must have a minimum. There is no maximum, but once you move to higher numbers, does the zimun, the language, change? 
Number one, the, does the language change? And number two, do you have the person leading it do the barhu and they respond that's And Rabbi Yosei says, yes, in order to show the importance of numbers extolling God and being in God's presence, you add words, you become more expansive or extensive. And Rabbi Akiva and both Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel said, not necessary. The minimum becomes all that's necessary. Once you move beyond the minimum, the language will always stay the same. Okay? Yeah, Ron? I'm just curious. Was this before the Maccabean games? Uh, before the Maccabean... Well, there were no Maccabean games as we now know them. Um, there were back then. I mean, they, they started that. They, they started them. They were Greek games to a large extent, too. So God knows if they, they did Brikata Mazon. Oh. You know, I mean... You know, again, what... The, the, a lot of this is theory, okay? So, can you have a hundred people present at a Shabbat meal when you want to do it? Yeah, we do have a hundred people present a number of times. A thousand people, Hasidic dynasties, right? <laughs> Tens of thousands of people, impossible. Almost impossible. But it's a, the theoretical sense is, is what Rabbi Yosef says, is the more you can have God be there in numbers, the more enhancing you do of God's presence and extolling God's name. That becomes it. And Rabbi Akiva Yishmael says, you know, once you got the minimum, don't start counting. You know, it's the old story. Once you have a minion, you to count after the minion. doesn't matter. Once you got the minion, the minion's there. Until then, you're worried about the numbers in order to pray. Okay? That's, a, that's a, the, the best we can say. Um, so... All right, and if you look at just uh, quickly at the Orach HaHalacha, I mean, you know this. I'll read it. Nusach HaZimun. Bishloshav HaMalom Rim Nevarech. You have three Nevarech HaShem Okay? Or Ba'abarach. Vasara HaMalom. Over ten Nevarech HaLokeinu. Ve'en chiluk ve'en asara liyoter miyasara. Okay? In other words, once you hit ten, that's, your language stops. That's, of course, HaHalacha. We all know that. But clearly, as we've seen before in the time of the Mishnah, there was some fluidity, there was some flexibility to the liturgy that was Birkat Amazon and the Zimun of Birkat Amazon. Okay, so it shows you it wasn't fixed. We've seen the building blocks of Birkat Amazon of the different paragraphs. We've seen some questions about language, etc. Here's a question about Zimun. So, now let's go into the, into the Gemara. Everybody okay so far? Okay. Omar Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says you should always be part of the klal, the community, the collective. Don't take yourself out. Meaning, don't don't separate yourself from the community. Don't you all of a sudden become the person who does barhu and everybody else says nevareh. You're part of the community. Let's all say the same thing. Let's all be part of that community. And therefore, you... Why you? Some of them say you should say Baruch and then the people respond to Baruch. You're part of the community. Once there's three, four, five, six, doesn't matter. You should say Baruch. Okay. So you, Shmuel is giving a principle. From the principle, we can expound upon the way the Mishnah sees it or the way they, they mean it. All right. However, what do we learn in the Mishnah? Baruch. What did we learn in the Mishnah? The exact opposite. 
you take yourself out of the klal and you lead and say let us bless and they respond let us bless, you know in their language okay barhu they respond so the mishnah seems to be in uh, contradistinction to Shmuel's concept okay? it doesn't necessarily mean Shmuel said it about this but in general that's his concept don't take yourself out of the community be part of the community now we have a case in the Mishnah where it looks as if you're separating yourself from the community okay Adi. What they may be saying is, Ema, let us say, What's you, huh? Ema, no mar, let us say, let us say. Okay. No, this is an explanation. Of, we can understand it this way. Af baruchu umikol makom nevarech adif. You could say baruchu, but what's better, nevarech adif, adif still means better. Okay, it's better. So it's saying it's permissible to do baruchu. Therefore, the Mishnah gives its opinion, Tanakama as such. And, but Adif, according to Shmuel, it's better that you don't take yourself out of the collective, take yourself out of the crowd, just be part of the crowd. Okay? That's one answer. The, what's the fourth? Shisha, six, six. Oh. <laughs> uh, right, so what now? Let's let's deal with this way. Okay, you have ten people, nine people together. Okay, you divide them up into threes and threes. Once you have six, so you have three people doing it. Three people sitting in this table and three people sit in that table. Or is it better to bring everybody together once you have ten and say Nivarech Elokeinu? Okay. Now, so in other words, that they're bringing this as an example of do you take yourself out of the collective, or is it better to be part of the collective? So you have three. If you have three, you can't. Or four or five, you can't separate, right? But once you have six, six to ten, you can separate. Okay, the language is They say in, the, in this place of Rav We learn That you should break 6 to 10 So that you have 3, 3 plus Even 3, up to 9, 3, 3 and 3 Okay And the question therefore becomes Bishlama Mishum Hachi. One more time. Mishum Hachi. That's it. Shin Hachi. They're really just testing you, you know. Okay. E Amart Bilshama. If you say Nivarech is better, and therefore we're going to break up, so we're going to say. Your group is going to say Nevareh, and your group is going to say Nevareh, and your group is going to say Nevareh. Okay? Ella. Ella. What's the. E Amart, if you say. I got two hours here. E Amart. Borachu Adif. 
If you say Barhu is better, why would you break up? Meaning, if you have four, okay, if you have three and then the fourth, not an issue. If you have three and one, two more, you have five. But if you have six, you suggest the question is do you break up into groups of two? What happens if you have seven? Is it better to break up so that one group at least can do barhu and nivarech and the other one can just do nivarech? What's the better thing to do? We had above the Mishnah. Shmuel said, you don't separate. They said what the Mishnah said, you separate. The response of the Talmud was, you know, you can do barhu, it's okay, but it's a deep, it's better not to separate. Question then becomes, well, what happens if I have three to, to six? Six to ten. Do I separate into two threes or not? If I follow Shmuel, then maybe I shouldn't. If I follow the Mishnah where Barhu is better, maybe I should. Because then at least one of the groups, if they have Bav Bav six, can separate and do Barhu for one and Nivarech on the other side. Everybody could do Barhu if they. Stay right, but again, what you, you know, when you've got three to. It, the best thing is, it's, once you hit six. Oh. Okay, because it, it doesn't matter if you have four or five, they've got to do it together. And if you're going to do Barhu or Nevarech, it doesn't matter. But once you hit six, do you begin separating into two threes, or is it better to do six together? In which case. The language is not going to change, but it's only one. Is it better, in other words, to, to have different minyanim in a place all extolling God, or is it better to come together as a community? That actually is a very serious question in Jewish life today. In synagogue life, for sure. In communal life. You know, is it better to have different groups extolling God once you hit a minion, etc.? Or is it better to have a collective? And the, in the collective, the Rovam Hadrad Mela, you, because of the crowd, it's better. The Makhelut, the, the voices are stronger, etc. Okay? It's an interesting question within Jewish spirituality and Jewish communal life, yeah. and no quick answer to it at this particular time, etc. It's more of a community question. It's a community question, it's an individual question, it's a, a structural institutional question. Okay, and I could make arguments literally on both sides very easily. I said, I remember in the history that came up when we started the alternative minion. No such thing as alternative minion. I never allowed that name. <laughs> Language is everything, Betsy. <laughs> the bait midrash minion. Thank you. But they had to come together to finish. My rules were twofold. I said there were two two major rules. One, there's only one Maradatra for the whole building. People don't make decisions for that minion, which are different from the main one. That's not why they choose. And two, there is one collective Kiddush for everybody to bring everybody together. Nobody separates themselves. Now, that's not done in all congregations. There are different congregations that do different things. Okay, 
have their own minyanim. Shira governs in, in at KI in Boston, where Bill Hamilton is the rabbi. They have about four different minyanim at different times. Sometimes they simply have their own kiddush. Sometimes they do join together. Uh, it really depends. Uh, Bill has been very um, supportive of that kind of concept. I happen to think community is very important. Part of it is because they came from outside. The groups that joined to KI, including the synagogue that merged there, were not inimical in part of the KI community itself. They found a place to be in there, and he enveloped them, and, and, and therefore they have a little bit of their own existence. Here, the people who wanted to use the Beit Midrash Minyan were all our people, basically, and wanted to have the opportunity to do a different kind of service once a month. And so, yes, there were negotiations, um, and, you know, when it does occur, we lose makelot in the congregation itself. You could, those of you who come regularly know that you feel the absence, the absence of the people, who are in many cases regulars in the main congregation. And we try to, you know, judge what's better or what's worse. And therefore, I also made the rule, two rules about it. One, it would not have its own life cycle events. Life cycle events occur only in the main congregation. And two, it only occurs when there is a bar bat mitzvah in the main congregation. We're not going to uh, divide the congregation when there's already a smaller crowd because of this no simcha, simcha in the congregation itself. So those were my, uh, I've been, I believe, consistent all along of the importance of community and collective. But there are different opinions in that realm. And part of that took some of the negotiations that went on, and some people are enamored with that decision, some people aren't enamored. That's the normal stuff of Jewish life, anyhow. So, that, Betsy, that's why, and, and I wouldn't take the word alternative minion as any. No, no, very seriously. There is no such thing as an alternative. Okay? Because la- language is everything. Yes. You know that. Evanston used to have underground services where groups that was different group in the basement. Where? In Evanston, I forgot the name of the... To Bet Demet? Yeah, and, okay. and, um, yeah. and Ridge. Right, Bet Demet, the thing before. Again, each congregation has to do what it does. It's made through the, the, the both the professional and the lay leadership. Um, that becomes part of the... But, so, but you have the, you know, the sort of the core of the discussion is found here, too, where some say it's better to break off and have different groups as such. And others say it's better to have the collective. Okay? Eventually, let's just finish the Mishnah. And if, well, let me finish the, the, the section we'll come back to ask. Let me just finish the Let me get an answer. Ella. Shmamina. We learned this. Shmamina. Period. 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 Ella. This is the language of the Talmud. Ella, but really, love Shmamina Varechadif. Shmamina. Shmamina is we learn from this. And it really means in this case, we learn from this that Nivarech is more important. Therefore, Shmamina. Meaning, we go back to what we said originally, it is better to have the larger group than to have subgroups in that case. Yes? What happens if you are two? What happens what? Two people. They each day save your Kadamazon on their own. There's no no zimun. They have to save your kadamazon, but there's no zimun. Okay. So you have in this case, interesting enough, as we found in you know a 
mundane discussion of a halacha, of what you do, a real sense of, uh, of community politics as well. Is it better for many groups? Is it better for a collective? And there is a disagreement. All right, there is a disagreement. Muel clearly felt that it's better to have the collective and to have the more people together as a as a collective than to have I want to say splinter groups but different groups of once you have three you have three and three and that kind of thing better everybody to be together rather than to separate one from the other okay everybody okay but but there's a real major issue involved in this essay uh, as as we see it in, in this particular case Okay, Tanya Nami Hachi, we also learned. Bain Sheome Amar Barhu, Bain Shemar Nivarech. Meaning there were different customs. This comes from the Tosefta. There were different customs. Some did Barhu, meaning who, Shloshabahu, etc. Some did Navarech. Ain Tosim al meaning you don't capture him, you don't bother him. If that's the custom, if that's the mean Nahag Hamakum, the custom of the place, it's acceptable. Okay? It doesn't mean you have to yell at him and saying you don't know what the heck you're doing or whatever the case may be. Well, We'll see why this language becomes important later. The Hanakdanim. Nakdanim basically comes from Dikduk again. Those who are Middaktik. Those who are extremely careful and therefore are going to catch him. Tofsimoto. Are going to capture him and say, you put, brought yourself out of the collective. Now, we, I can't say we have any Nakdanim in this congregation. You know, nobody gets upset when I do anything or whatever the case may be. You know, but I saw, but if, and that, and we used to, and, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, everybody's really calm and cool, and it's not an issue whatsoever. Yes. Uh, that's the book that'll be written one day, guys, so it's okay. So, the, the what it really means in this case, either one is acceptable, but there clearly was a group who said, uh, sorry, that's wrong. We're going to, you're doing the wrong thing. Okay, it should be Nevarech, or if they're hold on that, so it should be Barhu. In other words, there's a group that felt very strongly in one case, and they would make sure that people followed that situation in their case. Okay, now, now we get to a very interesting concept. The concept now is going to move a little bit further away to the point of what happens when you say liturgy, that is, appropriate and what happens when you say liturgy that is inappropriate it becomes important for, in those days for two reasons well three reasons I would say one it's all oral I don't have a sidur or a machzor in front of me right so you're listening to what the shliach tzibur what the leader of the, of the zimun is saying in order to, to make sure that they're right two there's a sense of still flexibility in the liturgy as we've seen. There are different concepts. We've seen here as an example we saw it with Bonev Yerushalayim and all those kind of things. So some people felt very strictly about one way 
some people felt very strictly about another way and three you had within the Jewish community at this time a number of struggles the struggles you're most familiar with are between the Pharisees and the Sadducees we had the Haver already okay who had to make sure that his hands were clean for for table talk and, and table uh, discussions um, table fellowship there was in the community itself as the community was kind of coming together a sense of there has to be a correct liturgy who makes that decision how are those decisions made we're at a time remember again when what's happening this is Roman persecution time we don't know exactly when this particular part was written it's in Hebrew so it's pal probably Palestinian mm -hmm. we get a little bit later somebody who's not Palestinian it's all moving around there were differences we know from the Galilee to Yavne mm -hmm. there were differences to Veria to Babylonia okay? so all of that relates to the fact is what is the correct liturgy it relates today too of course because today we have books but there's still a good deal of I wouldn't say fighting but struggling over what is the correct liturgy um, the ritual committee decided last night as the executive committee decided um, about a week ago that all being well within the next few months we are going to acquire the new Sidur of the conservative movement it's Sidur Lev uh, Shalem based on the same format as the Moxer. Okay? With more in better English, transliteration, notes on the sides, etc. It's it's a Shabbat and and holiday one. It's not a weekday, so we'll have to consider with the Sidur Sim Shalom on the weekday. But uh, they'll still be page eighty, yes, I know that you're concerned about it. <laughs> Everybody has their thing, right, Rachel? You don't want to be can everybody say it has to be indispensable, right? I get I get it. I, I know. Um, so we and the in the liturgies themselves there are some changes. The question is what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. If you look in different places, if you look at the so called renewal movement, there are new brachot being recited all the time. Do you have the right to make new brachot? Who makes those brachot? How are they formed? Etc. This the liturgy today is still in some sort of flux. For those who are traditionalists, there is no flux. What is written? What is geshriven? What is written? That's it. For those who are more liberal, there are there is an ability to change within certain strictures. Two blessings before the Shema, one blessing after the Shema certain things have to be said etc. as it's called for those who are further we're dealing with issues of spirituality what is meaningful to me what is appropriate to be said in this line in how inclusive do we have to be with language in the Hebrew and the English it's going on around us but because to a large extent we affiliate with one group or the next and we use their Sidur Machsor whatever you want to do that's the liturgy we all get used to but if you went to different synagogues of not simply conservative in this case but further to the left reform or further to the right orthodox there are differences and orthodox uh, again orthodox sidurim are still very different to one another periodically I will go to, to Davin Chabad 
I'm not comfortable using the Sidur that they normally use. It, it's, it's Chabad liturgy, Sephardic. I still pick up an Ashkenazic one. When I go to Israel and I daven with my kids, my grandson always knows they pick up, a, 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 again, a Svarad, which is Nusach not Adorah Mizrah. They get me an Ashkenazic. Sorry, I can't. After so many years, I'm not comfortable doing their liturgy. Okay? And at their minion, at their shul, depends who's leading. In most cases, somebody who's davening by the Nusach Svarad, but if you're used to Nusach Ashkenaz, you can get up and lead the congregation as well. Okay, so sometimes you will hear the Kaddish with the extra words, and sometimes you won't. Depends who's leading the service. Okay, so I, even I'm comfortable with certain pseudorim and not comfortable with other ones. You know, the, um, the Art Scroll Sidur, which many of you are familiar with the Orthodox, there are two different versions, at least two. One includes the prayer for the country of Israel, and one doesn't include the prayer for the country of Israel. For the modern religious Orthodox, it's included. For the ultra-Orthodox, it's not included. Never mind the fight that's going on now, what the prayer for the government and all that stuff in here in the United States, even in terms of that. So, you have different Sidurim. We're still in somewhat of, of a flux. When we do get the Sidur, we'll kind of introduce it through some, uh, some study sessions, etc. Because you know the basic outline, as it's said in, in the Machzor, as always, people say, gee, I love this, and people say, oh, I didn't like Didn't want, Why did you change? Not used to it. Can't get used to it. Knew the pages over here, and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I know. Okay, I had to dub them from it a couple of times to make sure I could get used to it, which I did do. Um, but that's the way. Over a period of time, most of you got used to the Machzor that we're now using. And it's something that we only use three times, three, four days a year. That's it. Okay, so this now you're going to see liturgy in their day, which was very flexible, but they were going to rule which was appropriate and which was definitely not appropriate. That's the introduction again to what we're going to do next. Umi birchotav. Mm-hmm. I got that right. Good one. Yeah, it's a good one to get right, right. <laughs> in love. From the blessings that are recited by an individual, you find out whether he's a Talmud Chacham or not. Okay, now remember, this is oral. He's not going to have a book in front of them. But for the language that, you, that this person is using, we will know whether he follows the sages, knows his stuff, or you'll see what they call him in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> What's a it's very interesting. And here, the what the first time is spelled up, the second time it just says Hezion. That's what make it easier for you, right? Boor. What's a boor? Amar. It's an ignoramus. An immigrant. Definitely the opposite. Clearly a boor in this case is the opposite of a Talmud Chacham. Right. But the boor is... The Amar in our language is a boor. In our language. Okay? So, what does it mean? Uv tuvot hamit. Okay? You know that language. In God's great beneficence... But umituvo means from his beneficence. Not all of his beneficence, but some of his beneficence means God doesn't give us everything. 
God doesn't, uh, isn't all gracious, etc. If you're going to use that language, you're a boor. Wait a minute. Isn't that language that an Amoris, the real meaning of Amoris is a farmer, someone who makes his grab from the ground? Mm-hmm. He's a person, a farmer, or a herder. So when he says the dad doesn't give him everything, means he has to go out and. But he's not an Amar, he's a boor. They're not using Amars, they're using boor. Okay. Boor is somebody who is an ignoramus. No, boar, that's boar. No, it's not. It's the same shorts, but it's not boar. Don't use Amarics then. Get rid of it. Use boor. Okay, Amarics in our language. But don't use Amarics because it's not here. It's boor. No, it's not a goy. No, 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 no. I'm saying it's an analogy to. Goy means nation, but we use it for different So boor in this case means an ignoramus, meaning you're not stressing the gracious, all the graciousness of God. Clearly, what does it tell you? That in somebody's linguistic form in the Birkat Amazon, somebody was saying, Umituvo. And they wanted the editors, if you will, of the, of the Talmud of this section said, that's wrong. And how do I'm going to show you wrong? You're an ignoramus if you say that. What could be worse? What could be worse than saying somebody's an ignoramus? I know there are worse, but, you know, at least in their language. Next. Didn't we? Okay. So now we get the Talmud coming back in terms of the language. You can see already Rabbi is in, in Babylonia. The Hakatib, didn't we learn? Okay, this, this is a verse that comes from Shmuel. And from your blessings, you should bless all of your of their people's servants forever. And this is David who was talking of this. And what's the, what does it show? Umi. Not all, don't give us all your blessings. Give us some of your blessings. Well, isn't that the same as umituvo? Okay, and the response is? It's different than saying in a, in a matter-of-fact statement. And from God, some of God's graciousness we get our food to the point of, please God, give us some of your love, some of your graciousness. She'ela means, I know I can't have all of it. I'm not worthy of all of it. Bless me with some of your graciousness, some of your chesed, some of your tuv. One is a statement and one is a question. You can't compare the two. But they're not happy with that. Amalehu. This is one of the ones that's recited on Thursday mornings. Harchev picha. Open your mouth literally. Va'amalehu. I will fill it up. I will fill it up with what? With praise. With bakashot. With asking things. There's no. There's nothing that you shouldn't. I, I, I don't want to be granted. And therefore, same thing. Umi. Give me some of it. Give me some of the things I'm going to ask for. And what's the, what is the response? Ahu. Let me open my, my mouth as such, your mouth, and fill it up with what? Not with bakashot, not with things that I want, but with divrei Torah. That's a different story. 
Okay, so if you look at Rashi, B'Shela Shani says, Shashoel Shoel Ke'ani Al-Petach. When you ask, it's like, Ani Al-Petach means a poor person going from house to house. Knocking on the door. Okay, knocking on the door. She'no Meirim Rosh That you don't raise your head up to ask the full, grant me a year's scholarship. You ask for a little bit, if you have to go begging. And and Harche Picha Lishol Kol give me everything that you can Torah. so they come back to say this is why the person who says God's graciousness is great I want to the difference of he says which is our language in the Birkat Amazon right yeah you all know the tune forget Okay. Secondly, but it was mituvo, which clearly was a liturgy that they used. Boor. They didn't want the language used, and the Talmud comes back. Well, what about this one? Bottom line is, ah, out. Next one. Okay, Tanya. We learned Rabbi Omer. Again, we're back to Mishnaic times, right? Uvetuvo chayinu. In God's graciousness, goodness, Chayinu, we are living. Harezet Talmid Chacham. But if we say Chaim, Harezebur. What's the difference? What's the difference in this case? Because Chayinu is collective. Chaim is I'm taking myself again out of the collective. I'm taking myself out of the collective. As Rashi says, Hotsi atzmo min haklal. Okay? Okay? Uftu vochayinu. All of us are alive because of God's graciousness. God gives life. Next. The harbale midnei ifcha. Ifcha. Naharbale seems to be people in Babylonia. There's the note on the side in um, the Steinzalt says people who live near Nahar Baal or Bil in Bavel. Okay? They learned the opposite, meaning you should really say Chaim, Talmid Chacham, Bur is somebody who says Uftuvo Chayinu, and the response is Late Hilchatak and Harbale. They're wrong. They're wrong. Uftuvo Chayinu is the language that should be used so that you're part of the collective. Anybody who says Chayim, Bur. So be careful when you sing Berkat Amazon. Make sure the kids get it right. Half the time they play around as we know when they sing it. Alright? Yeah. Okay, okay. 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 Go ahead. Hooray. Let us bless him who we've e- eaten from his goodness, from his. All right. Look at Rashi again says, Mashma There are many of them. One gives food to this person, one gives food to another. Ulafid Devarab Mivarechet Balhabayit. 
He's not blessing God, but who is he blessing? The person who gave him the food. Meaning, who, okay, Nevarech Eloheinu, Lemisha Chalnu Mishalo, there could be interpreted as from the person from whom I'm eating, and whose food am I really eating? The person who served it to me. That is a boor. Because who does the food really belong to? God. From his goodness, graciousness, and ability to give, that's who we receive the sustenance from, not from the, simply the person sitting around and giving us the hospitable meal at that time. So if you again use the language inappropriately, it could be understood that inappropriately, boor. Now I'm going to test you to see how good your memories are. Omar Le Rab Acha. Greater Rab Adrivashi. Okay, we're back to Babylonia again. Rab Ashi. Baha Amr Am Ebani Lamisha Asalabotina Bolonu we use Lemi for the person who gave, who gave to, to us and our ancestors all of these miracles. Where do we find this? Where? Where in the Haggadah do you find it? Thank you. Where in the Haggadah? Very good. Where? Well, I read to them my part. Where in the Haggadah? Whereas the difference between Rabbi Kiv and Rabbi Ishmael for the when you just before you do the blessing of the second cup. Okay, lefichach, and then you go on mm-hmm. with all of the, with all of the extolling of God. Lemisha sakolisi ma'elugalu tanim yavdu lecherut etc. 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 Okay, you can look it up in your Haggadah as such. But the key word here is lemi. Again, right? That's why they're using it. And the response is Omar le Omar le hatam mochicha. There, the words prove it. Who gives me Nisim? Not the Balabayat. Okay? My Aved Nisi. Who does the, the miracles? Kutshabrihu. You have a. You have a uh, for this spelled out there, or you have another. Uh... Right. Okay, the Kodesh Baruch. Uh, it's clear from the Miyasha cycle and Nisim Labotenu, Balanu. Is not the Balabayat. It's not a human being. It's Kodesh Baruch Hu. So you can't compare Lumi. All right. Next one. Ah. Okay. Why? What's missing? What's worse? What's word? What word is missing? Mishalo, not God, but that refers to God. Right? Shachalnu Mishalo. Here you just said, for the food that we ate. You're not giving cognizance to the beneficence of God, to the graciousness of God, to God's gifts to you. If that's the case, Hare Zebur. Clearly, there were differences of, of the language, which had for them a real sense of who you're really giving thanks. Not to your host, not to the caterer. Not to the person who cooked, to the Kodesh Baruch for what you have. Bishlosha. Okay? We only, again, we only mention God's name, okay, Nevarech, etc., when you have three. Lech Hashem Shomayim. 
Okay. Lo amran elo bishlosha. The leka shem shemayim. Right. We don't do we use we don't use Eloheinu until we get to ten. We just say nevarech, etc. It's not so serious. When we get to God's name, whoa, then we have to be more careful. How do we know? As we learn, the words prove it. As we learn. Okay, so again, the words that you have to be very careful, which we saw here. In that case, you have to be very careful with the language. So the first one says you don't have to be as careful, the second one says you have to be careful. I'll finish up. I'll do the readings of the Iunim and the, and the Orach HaHalacha. The Iunim says, Lemisha Chalnu. She'im amar she'achalnu mishelo stam, barur she'kavanato la'ashem she'akolokli mishelo. If it says, Nevarech Eloheinu she'achalnu mishelo, or Nevarech she'achalnu mishelo, you know immediately it's God. Ulam im dikdik, there's your word again. If you are very careful. Okay? What? Right. Pikiyun. V'amar lemisha achalnu mishelo, nireshu mitaven l'adam mesuyam. That you're referring to a specific person who was given you food, the balabai shenatan eta ochel. And the last one is really the important one. So that's why it's very specific in that one part. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's separate and different. Again, remember that what's the purpose of Birkat Amazon? The purpose of Birkat Amazon is to thank God for the Mazon, Allah Aretz Allah Mazon, Uvenei Yerushalayim, Hatova Hametiv. Okay? Now, those of us who simply go to a supermarket, bring home food, and put it on our table, don't have the same sense of gratitude that someone who's grew some, put, planted something in the ground, watched it grow, worked at it, harvested it, made it into food, and then puts it on the plate. Again, you have to understand that that's what they did. And in that case, they understood a little better than we do we take it for granted, which may say why Birkat Amazon is even more important today in the Brachot, because we're clearly taking it for granted the food that we eat. Alright? So look at the Orach HaHalacha. Ein l'shanot misignon chachamim. You don't change the language or the liturgy of the rabbis, of the sages. Ein l'shanot mimatbeya. Again, matbeya means a coin normally, but matbeya tefillah means the set, the set liturgy. You don't change. This goes back to what I talked about originally about brachot. How much um, flexibility you have. According to this, you don't change the language that is set by the chachamim in the brachot. And anybody who changes in any of the ones that we talked about, that already the rabbis had set, which also changes the context or the content so it says you can change little languages here and there Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel have, have little differences in, in the language Gal Yisrael, Go Yisrael, etc simple things, one thing but if you're going to change the content and the context and all of this in Birkat Amazon teaches us that, that they were very careful about that particular concept. What we'll get to next is what happens now as we take it back to the synagogue. Now you allow it to change some of the liturgy and then a, a wonderful phrase 
which I guess I'll be one week off for Shabbat Shira, but it deals with Shabbat Shira and the Shira Tayyam too. So we'll we'll meet next week. We'll go on and we'll continue. Thank you. Thank you.